The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. Get a mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure you download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir. We're back on another Thursday edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. I'm your host, Really Rail, Villain Rail, Terrell from Virginia. Yes, Villain Rail is in full effect today. We'll get to that later, but I am in full effect. I'm here with my guy. We've been on a heater to start off the playoffs. As a collective, if, if you're not tracking, if you're not on Twitter, you haven't been tracking. We've been tracking. We came back down to earth, but we'll get back to that because the heater's still here. You can have a heater and then turn it off a little bit because you got too hot. It was too hot. It was too hot in the house. You know, we had the heater going. We had the space heater going. We opened up the stove, had the stove open with the heat going from the stove. It got too hot in the house. We had to cool it down. So we, we turned it off for a night, cooled it down. But I think it's getting a little too cool, so we might have to turn it right back up. I got my guy with me, Scott Rochelle, with me. What's up? Doing, doing pretty well. Uh, had, a say, an interesting first couple of days of the playoffs. Gambling's been good, but the Nets have been terrible, so it's kind of a trade-off I've had to deal with. But <laughs> I ended up going 3-0 on the PropCast. I know you had a very nice hit yesterday. I'm waiting for you to start your victory lap. Is Do you need a We'll wait until we get to game. We're going to do in-game breakdown. We'll wait for in-game okay. breakdown when we talk about it. I Just to foreshadow real quick, when you have one player that scores nearly half of your team total, it, it's not going to go well. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's probably and not going to go well. barely went over. Uh, they, yeah. You yeah, figure with did. DeRozan dropping 40 and change, they're probably going for 120, something like yeah, that. No. Like, no, it was a little bit close there, but they just made a bunch of shots and DeRozan was great. Yeah, well, and we'll get to all of that. But first, let's talk about WinBet and going down to WinBet and betting $10. Get $200 promotion. Come on, where are you going to get that at? Bet $10, get a $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. So whatever you are into, whether it's the slots, whether it's the roulette wheel, whatever it is, hop over to the WinBet Casino. You can get a $1,000 deposit match. And, of course, don't forget to invo- get involved with their when you, their same-game parlays in the wins build-your-own-bet feature. I've been dropping build-your-own-bets, and it's, it's fun. It's fun. You can add multiple pieces, juice the parlay, and basically take your crystal ball and, and decide what's going to happen in the game. And then make money for it. 
There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download WinBet app or visit WINNBet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we've been on a heater, so I think I might have to crack open a Coors Light to cool myself down a little bit. Look, man, this is the cold, refreshing beer made to chill, tastes like the Colorado Rockies, how cold, refreshing. Everybody knows the story that this was my first alcohol in a time where I was not ready to appreciate it. I was way under the the legal drinking age. So make sure you're over the legal drinking age. I was way under when I took a sip. I didn't appreciate it. I spit it right back out. I regretted my decision. But once I aged with time, I got to understand how great Coors Light really is. And so make sure whether it's work, friends, family, a million pressing issues on social media, expectation to be on 24-7, just relax, crack open a Coors Light, and chill. So you can get Coors Light delivered to you via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. So, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, Scott, let's get into the breakdown of the games last night before we go talk about what's going on for today. Last night we had, whoa, hold on. This is not updating. There we go. That's last night's games. Is that? No, it's not last night's game. That's the day before. Come on. All right, there we go. Last night's games. We had the Brooklyn Nets playing the Boston Celtics in game two. Boston led 1-0. Boston won that game 114-107. And another game that Brooklyn was up, man. Brooklyn was up. So this was my lock. I locked up Brooklyn plus three and a half. You made them your dog on the money line. It just feels like, well, for one, they're doing amazing defense on KD. They Boston is playing amazing defense on KD and and keeping him uncomfortable, where he cannot get a shot off in any way he would like, and any shot that he make is basically a circus shot in this series, because they're they're smothering him all over him. But what what's what's going on with Brooklyn and not being able to close these games out against this Boston squad? Well, the Nets have not really been a great fourth-quarter team all season long, and I have mentioned how awful I feel like he is, but I'm going to say it again because now everyone noticed it. Steven Nash can't coach, and mm-hmm. I, he's one of my favorite players. I loved watching mm-hmm. him on Phoenix. I think that he was a revolutionary point guard, but when it comes to in-game decision-making, he gets exposed pretty much every game against good competition because mm-hmm. there's a lot of cardinal sins – that he's guilty of first things first is halftime speeches, whatever he's telling them awful <laughs> the third quarter every game. So that's, that's terrible in itself. Boston went on another run to start the third quarter yesterday, which doesn't surprise me at all. And then you had the fourth quarter and Steven Nash has a signature play quote unquote that he runs with the nets. It's called flow. And that means Absolutely nothing. It means we're not calling a play. We're going to see what happens and run a set that way, which isn't even a play. 
that just tells you we're going to be running rec league uh, pickup ball, you know, set some random screens, do some random stuff, and hopefully it works out. They don't run Mm -hmm. plays. And that's really the problem that you run into with Brooklyn because Durant has been forced to really just make shots out of nothing for the majority of these games. And, yes, he was awful yesterday, 0 for 10 in the second half. Kyrie didn't do much either. Not even just for a bad shooting night. He just vanished. He just didn't demand the ball enough. But you look at where Durant is starting these possessions and how much time he has left on the shot clock to actually make something happen. Most of the possessions in the fourth quarter had Durant isoing at the three-point line with about five seconds on the shot clock. They didn't have any Uh off-ball movement. They didn't set him any screens. They didn't do anything. So Durant was forced to pretty much go iso ball late in the shot clock the entire quarter. And a lot of that's because of the fact that Steve Nash doesn't call plays. And I feel like that is a serious problem the Nets ran into. The Nets scored four points in the first eight-plus minutes of the fourth quarter. Four points with Kyrie and KD. That cannot happen. So Nash, I feel like, should be most deserving of the blame. Of course, KD's going to get most of the blame because he's the superstar or whatever, but Steven Nash didn't do him any favors to get him open. He didn't set him any real off-ball screens, didn't really allow Kyrie or KD to run a pick-and-roll together. I'm not sure why you wouldn't try that with KD being the screener. And last but not least, Nash is probably the worst coach in the league at calling timeouts to stop runs. Nash will let the entire house collapse before calling a timeout, and I'm not sure why, but that's been the case the entire season long. The truth is, even if Harden was still there, and I know Simmons is supposed to come back for game four, I think Steve Nash is so bad that they wouldn't win a title anyway. So I'm placing most, if not all, of the blame on Nash. I'm not saying Durant played well. He was careless with the ball. He was awful. Kyrie wasn't good either. But a lot of it came down to coaching, And when Boston had a great defensive setup on Durant, Nash had zero counters. And that was my main takeaway. Wow. Yeah, I agree, though. I I shoulder a majority of the blame on Steve Nash just as the same. And just the inability to change anything for Kevin Durant – and it's so easy, as you said, it's so easy to, to force blame on Kevin Durant. But Nash isn't doing him any favors. He's not doing him any favors. Kevin Durant averaged 3.5 turnovers over the course of the entire season. And in these first two playoff games against the Boston Celtics, he has six in each. There are that some can't bad happen. turnovers, too. There are some yes, really that, bad turnovers. They are. They are. That can't happen. This This defense absolutely has them – shook they have no idea what they're doing to be honest and now they're in a situation where they're down 0-2 going back home to Brooklyn and I'm not certain if the home crowd can do anything to help them because if anything travels defense travels and so now it's going to be are they going to be able to hold Boston at home and so we the first game looked like that this was going to be a this was going to be a war but however, we had our concerns for Brooklyn, and also I had my concerns for Boston as well. But as we look at game two, I'm hard-pressed to see Brooklyn getting over this if there's not a change somewhere. And 
as I look at what Steve Nash is doing, I can only sit here and imagine what Kenny Atkinson is doing on his couch watching the game. <laughs> He's probably probably has a big grin from cheek to cheek as he has a Coors Light in his hand, feet kicked up on the on the cat on his uh his what's it called? What's that thing called? Dang. What's that thing called where you got it? You got it with your couch. It's a part of the couch, but you put your feet on it. You know, like an ottoman? Ottoman. That's what it is. Uh, ottoman. Yes. Has his feet kicked up on the ottoman and just watching Steve Nash implode on national television. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's who you wanted. That's I the think he's right the there. biggest loser in the series in my mind. Of course, public perception KD and Kyrie are going to get torched, mostly KD, because people have compared him to LeBron for a decade or so. But mm-hmm. the way that I'm looking at the series, I recognize that KD needs to be better. But when you're against an elite defensive team and your coach is doing absolutely nothing to even help you get open, I at least have to acknowledge that the coaching has been a completely one-sided mismatch in the series. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Yime came in with an amazing plan for this team. And the fact that everybody, well, not everybody, but majority of his team cashed the unders <laughs> and they won this game is yeah. a testament to he, he's spreading the ball around. He's getting other people open. He got Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard some really, really good looks last night. And that was a major concern to me going into this game. I didn't know what prediction – what production they were going to get from that bench but they got it from basically everybody all around the board last night all right do you think do you think the nets get swept i would not be surprised i think it's a possibility i think it's it would open up the questions and it would remind folks that whether you're kd whether you're lebron whoever you are you need a good coach a decent coach at the very least, a decent coach and a supporting cast around you. And the Nets don't have either. I I mean, I came up here earlier in the season. I told you, I think the Nets low key suck. And I didn't disagree with you. I watched them every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I think that, and I was, I was kind of hesitant to say it because it's like, dang, you're saying, you know, one of the it makes you sound like a hater. Best players, you're, you're yeah, it really does. Super it really does. Team as being mediocre, but no, I watched them play the entire season with Harden, without yeah. Harden, they're not very good. So we'll see. What, we'll see what happens when Ben Simmons gets in the fold. Maybe my hot take is he I think can, he's coming back game three. I think they're desperate three. enough to force him back game three. I don't think it would be – I think desperate enough in the fact of he absolutely needs at least a game with some run. He's not going to be – I think that whatever game he comes back, the next game he plays is going to be way, way better, of course. And so, yeah, I would I would probably try to rush him back game three and just sit here and say, look, we got an offseason <laughs> to work with you. But if we don't get you back now, if we don't do something different now, you go down 3-0, it, it, it's, it's – about wraps. It's pretty much about wraps. Well, in the NBA, it is wraps because you've never had a team come back from 3-0 down. But yeah, for me, I'm going to game four. So I'm really just hoping that the Nets are trying to – are at least avoiding a sweep by the time that I go because the last thing I want to see is my team <laughs> get swept on the home floor. You know, pay a couple hundred bucks to watch my team at get least swept out the playoffs. At least you know you're guaranteed a game. I was going to say, I see Ben Simmons, you know, debut when they lose by 20. Like, that's not how I want to yeah. spend my time. 
But I at least have to acknowledge that even though Durant has been so bad, the Nets have been in these games. Mm-hmm. So it's not a total, total loss for the Nets. But that's also why I personally think they might get swept. It's because you can make an argument the Nets should be up 2-0 because they've mm-hmm. had opportunities in both games. And the fact that they're now down 0-2, I just really don't know how mentally you can overcome back-to-back missed opportunities where your team shrunk in crunch time. And they've been shrinking in crunch time all season long, which is why the Nets have been awful against the spread, particularly at home. But it's because they let teams like Cleveland in the Mm play-in game hang around. Kyrie doesn't miss a shot for three quarters. You should be up 30. They won the game by eight. By what did they win? By six? Yeah. The point is that since Cleveland cut it to three, when you dominated 80% of the game, was just a sure sign of things to come. And that's been the case the entire season. The Nets are really good at playing 40 minutes a game. And then you Mm. have a decent portion of the fourth quarter and the beginning of the third quarter and all the progress they made in the previous 80% goes right out the window. And that's exactly what's happened in the series. Well, let's see what they do. Let's see what they do. They're going into game three, trying to avoid being down 3-0. The Toronto Raptors are actually down 0-3 as they lost last night to the Philadelphia 76ers, 104-101 in overtime. Joel Embiid hit a crazy game-winning three to definitely throw out the question that he should be MVP, and which is why people vote for the MVPs before the playoffs start because – how the performance that the Nuggets are doing as a team, not Jokic's performance, but as a team, compared to what the 76ers are doing as a team, everybody has started the conversation of this is why Joel B should be MVP again. And so he, I was all over MB props in this game because I thought there was no way that he wasn't going off. This is his first game in the playoffs back in Toronto. And he finished with 33-13. On 12 for 20 shooting, three for eight from three for Joel Embiid. That would have been a nice bet to have uh, over his over his three-point prop. All right. This is not how we all foresaw this going, for one. I mean, uh, that's why I wanted to ask. There's a lot of different angles you can attack this series. Do you want to focus on the MVP conversation first? Do you want to focus on the actual – Game three, do you want to focus on the series? Do you want to focus how yeah. Drake is a wannabe Spike Lee courtside of games? There's a lot of angles you can go with in this one. <laughs> oh, man. I uh, There's actually a picture of, Joel, of Drake going with Joel B. It looked like they were walking towards the locker room, and they were walking together, and I commented on Twitter. It was like, this is the picture of when Drake passed on the Drake curse over to the 76ers and why they're going to lose the next round. But – this feels like this is all Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid wanting to stick it to the Toronto Raptors. This this is what it feels like. It feels like this is all jo- Joel Embiid wanting to stick it to the Toronto Raptors for one, that circus shot to end the game in game seven. And then also him just happening to be a meme after crying in the locker room. And now there's not, there's, if there's any tears, it's tears of joys right now. And so 
I don't know how I didn't play this angle. I think I just – I know Toronto – how Toronto has looked for majority of the season, and it kind of looks like that that's starting to catch up to them in the playoffs. That fatigue maybe just a little bit. They did look a little bit tired going – um, finishing that game, they led the entire game, didn't trail at all during, uh, what is it, the regu- the regulation, during regulation, they did not trail at all. The only time they trailed was in overtime. But this angle of the 76ers wanting to stick it to the Raptors, I, I don't see myself betting anything other than 76ers in game four. I think, matter of fact, where is my, hold on, give me a second. Here you go. Got it. Got it. Got it. If, you, if you're ahead. listening to this, he just pulled out a broom. Let's um let's turn the mic up. Maybe I can turn the mic up and they can hear me. There we go. Uh, let's go ahead and get this sweep going here. Light nice work. good sweep. Yep. Uh, very light work. Not even like I'm not even trying to sweep here. Just not even very sweating. light work. Just light work all around. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I think it's over for the Toronto Raptors. I'll go ahead and take my L with my Toronto Raptors bet. I think this ends in a sweep. What about you? I personally thought that Toronto's only hope yesterday was if Scotty Barnes played. And props to Toronto for putting up a serious fight for the four quarters, but they just don't have enough talent. And you can make an argument that Toronto might be a year ahead of schedule because I'm sure a lot of people didn't expect Scotty Barnes to progress this quickly over the course of the season. People thought that Toronto mm-hmm. might be in the lottery again, but they were not. They were a solid team. The main issue that I have with one of my favorite coaches in Nick Nurse is the fourth quarter offense and overtime, mostly in the half court. This is a brutal half court offensive team. They are awful mm-hmm. down the stretch. And I know Achua missed the two free throws, which might have won them the game in regulation. But every possession was awful. And it seemed like most of the points that the Raptors scored in the last two minutes of regulation and in overtime was Ananobi making a circus three-pointer at the end of the shot clock. They didn't get one good look for the final seven minutes of the game. And I understand, in the NBA in particular, there is this obsession with maximizing the, I'd say, importance of each possession. In the final couple of minutes, the last thing you want to do is turn it over. You want to make sure you get a good shot. The problem I have with that is that most coaches treat that as an excuse to play in the half court, drain the entire clock, run some extremely thorough set, and try to get a good look. The problem with that is that Philly's the worst transition defense in the league, and your team's awful Mm -hmm. in the half court. Maybe Mm -hmm. you should try to push a little pace. I understand the obsession with trying to hold for the last shot, trying to make sure that you get the best look possible, the best look you were going to get in that game was in transition as Embiid's trying to run back to guard on defense. And Toronto played into Philly's defense's hands by slowing the tempo and really settling for a bunch of awful shots at the end of the shot clock. That was my main concern with Toronto's offense. Was that your takeaway? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The best shot that they're going to get in that – 24-second shot clock is probably in the first five to seven seconds. Yeah, in transition, run. Yeah. So I, I get the idea of, well, we got to make sure that we waste at least 14 seconds. We got to make sure that we kill some clock. Why? You've been getting terrible shots for the last seven minutes. 
if you keep scoring and you're only yeah. spent, you're if you keep scoring, you're not going to have to worry about any of that. Push and the pace, go to the rim, hope Embiid's not set in time, and potentially you get a layup. I think Toronto yeah. should have gone faster. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on to the last game that happened yesterday. Oh, by the way, I think Philly's sweeping too. I think Toronto laid it all on the line in game three and they lost. I, I know Barnes might come back for game four. Emotionally, I don't know how you come back from that. I don't I – don't, so if you saw the video – And Beat said Joel he's going Beat, for the sweep. He's, he said he's going for the sweep. You know, it's not a lot of people – it's not a lot of people that will go out there and say – they're just saying, hey, we're just trying to win a basketball game. Like, mm-hmm. people tend – Players tend not to use the word sweep when they're talking about winning the next game, even if they're up 3-0. They mm-hmm. just kind of talk about, you know, trying to win. No, Joe and B told him, yeah, yeah, no, we're sending you home. You're going, we're doing a sweep. I 100% believe him. 100% believe him. I will be playing Embiid 40-plus in a win <laughs> during the next game because I don't think that he's going to let – he doesn't want Serato to win one. He doesn't want them to win one. Spreading game right. four, by the way, is 76ers minus three. Yes, it is. Okay, this is the game that we all have been waiting for. Final game of the slate yesterday. We had the Bulls playing the Bucks in game two. Bulls were down 1-0-1. We both actually had plays in this game as well. You were on the under for the team total for the Bulls. I had the Bulls money line, which cashed at 4-1, to one, stopped the bleeding on a rough day for us in our picks, and it's – they somewhat listened. Well, Alex Caruso 100% listened to this podcast yesterday. So I completely charged Alex Caruso and, and was like, yo, I don't care if defense is your specialty or what. You are an NBA basketball player, and there's no reason that you should not be making wide-open jump shots at all. I don't care how bad you are shooting the basketball. You are in the NBA. You need to be going out there and hitting wide-open shots because they're going to leave you open. They have a game plan. Pre-game, let's say if they leave anybody open, it's you, and you should take that personally. And, oh, man, he heard that and took it personally because he dropped three threes, which is the equivalent to somebody dropping seven, eight for a game for Alice Caruso. So those are really big threes. The team overall, 12 for 25, 48% from three, exactly what I needed from them. Efficiency from three. They could have took a little bit more from my blood, to be honest, and, you know, push this out the way. But I don't fault them because I obviously know what the Bulls were doing. Because I, I'm right now, me and the Bulls are in sync. We're in sync right now. And so I knew what they were doing. What they were trying to do was they were trying to get this score as close as possible so I could cash my 10-to-1 ticket on there being a buzzer beater in this series. DeMar DeRozan was ready. He wasn't missing. He said, get, get the game close. Let's go down maybe one would give me the last shot, and I'm going to cash this buzzer-beater ticket for me. However, the Milwaukee Bucks didn't want to allow that to happen. They said that they'd rather lose by multiple points than lose on a buzzer-beater. So that didn't happen. Either way, I still cashed the 4-1. to one. Perfectly fine here. Do you have any – so let me say this before I ask, ask you this question. In my opinion – both of these teams have looked terrible in the first two games. I think the Bulls have looked better for a longer duration of time, if that makes sense. So I think the Bulls have looked like the better team for more minutes on the clock 
and Milwaukee has had spurts where they were able to go and actually play basketball. And now Chris Middleton has a sprained MCL. And so we're getting a timetable on him. Do you think he comes – so just to make sure whether it's a serious sprain or a mild sprain, he's not coming back for this series, right? I would think that he's not. Yeah. Okay. But before we talk about Chris Milton, do you agree? Do you think that the Bulls have looked better in this series than the Bucks? They have. Even though it's 1-1? Yeah, they have. But that's, that's a bit concerning because we saw yesterday that the Bulls were significantly better in pretty much every area. And then Milwaukee in two minutes cut the lead from like 13 to 2. Like yeah. Two minutes. That's the point. You're mentioning the sports. <laughs> And the spurts have yeah, noticed. It's just spurts. But the spurts have gotten Third Milwaukee quarter. back into these games where if Milwaukee even played mediocre for the other 40 yes. something minutes, they'd win by 15. So you yes. can make an argument that Chicago has been the more consistent team, but it's kind of like what go. I talked about with the Nets series. The Nets have looked good for huge portions of the game, and then the other team goes on a run and they're dead in the water. I mean, that's kind of been what yep. the story has been in this series as well. Just the difference that Chicago was able to hold on for dear life and end up surviving the storms that Milwaukee tried to present and the runs that happened in the second half. By the way, I forgot to take my victory lap for the buzzer beater in the Celtics Nets series. I forgot to take my victory lap on that one that cashed. Yeah, game. you did. Yeah, you did cash that. Hell yeah. That was, what was that, 8-1, 7-1, 8-1? I think it was 7-1. Yeah, hell yeah, you did catch that. First game, too. First oh, game. How did we forget to mention that? So yeah, I'll take a victory lap there because yeah. you brought it up. I forgot about it. But uh, yeah, back no, to the actual series. Forgot about that bit. Back to the series with Middleton out that tells me one thing and one thing only. I'm taking Giannis over in every single game in points. Because if you watch the second half of that game, it was hilarious. They had five guys just guarding the paint, trying to just stop Giannis from doing anything. And he would just go to the foul line for two free throws. That happened like four straight possessions. Yeah. They can't stop 100%. him. Like, if Milwaukee's it, going to win noticed? one of these games in Chicago, Giannis is going for 40. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, have you noticed that Giannis is only clutch with free throws when the game actually matters? If it, it's, like, it's like there's a certain timer for Giannis where he wants to hit both free throws, and it comes with there's two minutes left in the game. He mm-hmm. never misses. He never misses a free throw at that point. But – Anytime before that, and I've been watching this like for a good duration of the series, and it's actually re- not even series, I meant season. It's actually really funny that there is a whole level before two minutes left where he'll just sit there and go 50% from the line every single time. Yeah. But for the I thought series, that's funny. Chicago has a serious shot. Now, once again, that comes back to the point that even with Middleton out, Milwaukee went on another run, and Chicago was playing to not lose the game instead of to win the mm-hmm. game. And they completely shut it down for about two minutes, which allowed Milwaukee back in. I mm-hmm. guess the question that I have for you, even with Middleton being out, is Chicago too reliant on DeRozan late in games? Because it really seemed like a lot of guys were standing around late. I know Vucevic was great from three yesterday, and they need mm-hmm. that because Lopez has been sagging off of him the entire series. But can the Bulls win a game – in this series, if DeRozan only goes for 30? Does he need to go nuclear if they're going to win the series? Pretty much every game. No, I think that they absolutely can win a game if he only goes for 30. 
I think that last night was the, the exception because it's just one of those nights where you're watching the guy and he's making some incredible shots and you're just like, all right, man. Like when it got, it got to a certain point in that game where it felt like he wasn't going to miss and he didn't miss and anything he put up towards the rim was going in. Now I think that for the most part, he has a lot of 30 point games where it's not necessarily that's the case. And you can trust relying in a Zach or maybe a Vucevic for some additional scoring late in the game. But for the most part, yeah, it's going to be DeRozan, but if they can't stop it, I mean, Chris Middleton is their best defender for DeRozan to be honest. Maybe now is it holiday or is holiday too small? I, I think holiday is a good matchup and, he, but now you're you're exposing yourself with Zach, and now Zach is going to get a lot of better looks, and yeah. so this may be the Zach show for the rest of the series as Holiday switch over switches over and tries to take on DeRozan, or unless they just sit here and say fuck it, like we're going to throw we're going to throw Giannis and some length at you and try to do anything to slow you down. I think that's going to be the question for Mike Budholzer: How are we going to slow down DeRozan without giving up production somewhere else? And the answer to that is you really can't because Chris Milton is a pretty decent defender. Like he's a pretty good defender, actually. So my, my that's going to be away, yeah. My main takeaway for game two, I'm not gonna. Of course, you know it's a team game and everything, but Drew Holiday lost that game for Milwaukee yesterday. Yes, and you can talk about how you know DeRozan still went for 40, and I got to give credit to Chicago. I do, and Caruso was great, Lucevic was great, Levine was efficient which was a nice moment. Patrick Williams was great, by the way. Great glue guy. He looked really good yesterday. So shout out to yes, Patrick Williams. But Holiday killed the run with two atrocious three-pointers down the stretch, mm-hmm. which were unprovoked. He didn't need he does to this. take them, and he decided to let it fly, and he barely hit the rim on both of them. And once he, he does this, two, every playoffs. the game was over. He does it every playoffs. Last year he did this. He he disappears. We were sitting there calling him playoff Drew. <laughs> we had we we were called. I was on this show last season. I was on this show referring to him as playoff Drew because he was doing everything that everybody was hating Paul George for. And so now that's where this is. This is a whole new series. This is a whole new series now because if we're if I'm banking on Drew Holiday showing up every single game the rest of the series. They're going to need him. They, they absolutely need him. One, they, they just lost another death piece. So we just, I talked about how inefficient their bench is, and the bench was terribly inefficient again last night. 21 minutes for Grayson Allen, one for four. 23 minutes for Pat Collinson, one for six. And they had a total of eight bench points. Bobby Portis didn't even play. They they just ran the starters the entire game. Bobby well, that Portis Bobby Portis, eye injury, that eye injury for Portis will yeah. off. Yeah, it it did, but I mean, well, he'll probably be back. But he was bleeding from the eye socket. Like I don't know if I've ever seen. Yeah, that. no, it no, yeah, it, it it was gnarly. It was gnarly. But so, just think of what if he's not? What if Bobby Portis is not coming back? What if that eye injury is something that keeps him out? And they say he's oh, they not have, medically no clear to play. Cast. Like at all. So Serge Ibaka is going to start. They didn't even they play. First of all, Bobby Portis went out in the first quarter. Yeah. They played Serge Ibaka one minute of that game. <laughs> so this is – I know the Chicago bench isn't much better. They actually went the same route of not even playing anybody for a for real. Kobe White 
who I thought was going to have a nuclear game and finally take abuse the three point matchup only went one for five from the field. Only yeah, took he was one three because he, <laughs> he was really, really he bad. He got 10 minutes, 10 minutes of work. And that was it. I, either one of these teams is going to be really, really short in the second round, but it's I, not looking good for the bucks, man. By the it's way, really I do. I want to go back to your initial point when we started this discussion, which I didn't fully address. I think yep. both teams have looked awful in the series. Absolutely. I agree with you. And Boston is now favored to win the Eastern Conference. And they're around, if you shop around, you could probably find 250, something like that, to win the East. Yeah. Do you think there's value in them to win the title? Because even though the Nets have looked awful at points and they've still had opportunities to win these games, mm-hmm. every time I watch Boston, I'm impressed. Because it yeah. feels like them, Miami, Phoenix for the most part, even though game three they got torched defensively, and Golden State have a certain switch that they can flip defensively that no other team has. I don't even, I don't even think Milwaukee has it. And I feel like Boston and Miami would be a great series. I'm expecting that to be the uh, Eastern Conference Finals matchup at this point. Mm-hmm. My question for you, do you think that Boston – I know you've hated them all year. Yes, But do you I think have. that Boston – has a serious shot to win the title? Or do you think they're going to fall short? Because them doing all this defensively without Robert Williams is insane to me. Yes, I 100% think that they have a shot to win the title. So, and it's going back to my Memphis Grizzlies take because I still have full faith in the Memphis Grizzlies in thinking that they have a very decent shot of not only making the Western Conference Finals, but actually winning the Western Conference Finals. And if Memphis gets to the NBA Finals, I feel so comfortable taking a Boston or a Miami Heat to win that Finals matchup. Mm-hmm. They're too not, physical. Not, They're going to wear down Memphis. Yeah, and and – you know, the youth of Memphis, the the fact that they're getting just getting there. And it just it just seems like that, you know, redemption for the Miami Heat after losing in the bubble. Boston, a storied franchise, just getting back. It feels like that that's, that's one of the, the angles that would work better than seeing a Memphis Grizzlies team that I would love to see win the NBA Finals to win. So, and they're 14-1 right now, Memphis. Miami's 8-1, Boston's 5-1. All that win bet. I love I love those prices because those are the three teams. I don't think that I don't think the Warriors are gonna gonna win the championship. I don't. I think that they're they are playing well right now, but they're gonna regress because they're gonna go back to Steph starting and Jordan Poole's not gonna give the same efficiency that he's been giving for off the bench. I mean, um, starting off the bench because he's been he's been inconsistent all season coming off the bench. He's had really good spurts, but he's also had spurts where you're like, what the fuck are you doing, drum pool? Yeah, we're, we're going to talk in depth about Golden State because, of course, they have a game tonight, so I'm going to wait yep. for my opinions on that for a little while. But This Golden is how our State show goes long. Has, they do have that gear defensively that I was referring to. Yeah, At least with do. Draymond fully healthy, being able to put the clamps down on Jokic. That's a mm-hmm. pretty big detail to notice. Yeah, no, I'm with you. So, but back to your question, yes, I do think 
I would place a feature and a future, and I probably will place a future on the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, even though I do th- like the Heat's chances better than Boston Celtics. The Celtics are five to one. The Heat are eight to one. Yes. All right. Let's finish talking about these two Eastern Conference teams before. Does Chicago steal the series? I think it's going to go seven. I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I want to pick Chicago. I really do. Mm-hmm. But every time I like how they play, they have two minutes where they forget how to play basketball. Happens every mm-hmm. game. And I just mm-hmm. mentioned it. Milwaukee, even when Middleton went down, somehow made a game, a game of it. Chicago should have won by 10. They really should have. Middleton went down. They were winning by a decent margin. It all looked good. And they took a bunch of really terrible shots. They turned the ball over a bunch. And they, want, they wanted to hand the game over. And Drew Holiday was feeling extra, extra generous and said, you guys take mm-hmm. it. But Chicago, yeah. <laughs> I still believe, just doesn't make enough smart basketball plays down the stretch. They're mm-hmm. a little bit too loose with the basketball late in games. And Milwaukee, I feel like, can still blitz them for a three-minute stretch, steal a game on the road, and win the series, and I think that's going to happen. And I'm looking at a situation where even when Middleton was off the court, Giannis got to the rim at will every possession, and Chicago has no answers at all. So if Giannis is going to go for potentially 38 points for the rest of the series, I'm going to pick Milwaukee. I'm rooting for Chicago. I think it's more fun to get the upset. And I think that Boston's mm-hmm. going to kill either of these teams in the second round. But I'm going to go with Milwaukee because I think Giannis might kick it into NBA Finals mode, and he might just average 40 and 50. I like it. I like you, it. I, I want to make a case for Chicago. I really do. But I, I just can't. I think Giannis is just that dominant in this series that he'll do whatever he wants. I think Giannis is that dominant as well. I would love to see Better's Milwaukee money line, well, series line, I should say. I would love to see Milwaukee series line Better's that laid the minus 700 lose their money because why the fuck would you ever do that with this Milwaukee squad against anybody? Mm-hmm. But I'll take the plus two and a half that was at damn near two to one. So I think that Milwaukee does get it done probably in, like you said, seven, maybe even six, how inefficient that the Bulls have been at times. But I, I definitely want to ask do you think a question, the Bulls though, get one more. Just What's for up? comparison, who's in, which NBA Finals team is in more trouble, Milwaukee or Phoenix? Milwaukee, 100%. Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. Great question. <laughs> it's a great question, but it's 100% Milwaukee for me. I think Phoenix can still get it done for the time being. All right. Now, on the Sleeper, because Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform with millions of players today, I use Sleeper. You probably use Sleeper for your fantasy league, your dynasty league, anything like that. I know that I 100% use it, but now Sleeper has a brand-new feature. When I went into the app, I was so shook, and then the next day we had this ad read. I was like, oh, that makes sense, because now they have a new over-under game. It's super simple, really easy. All you do, any sport that you like, just choose two players and pick the over and under for them. 
So you can go over under points in basketball, over under hits in baseball, and then you choose the amount of money that you want to consent to enter to the contest. And if you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. So main reason that I'm excited about Sleeper, the over under game, is because it's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. So he can join a contest. We can, we can have a built-in group chat in there. He can join a contest. I can copy his picks with the tap of a button. I'll probably change one or two because, you know, I, I, that's how degenerate I am. And we can play together and see how it goes. So stop what you're doing. Download the Sleeper app now where you can play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Use promo code uh, SGP and you Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, that's sleeper promo code SGP when you deposit SGPN MBA. I'm sorry, wrong code, wrong code, people. SGP MBA is the code. Get your deposit match up to $100. That's SGP MBA to get a hundred deposit, hundred dollar deposit match. Terms and conditions apply. Please see sleepers terms of use for details. We also brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. This stuff is with one delicious scoop. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. Look, I've tried the stuff. It gives you a whole bunch of energy. I was able to go and run around the track, do a PT test, all of this stuff, everything I needed recovery, focus, even aging, even though I don't look a day over 25 because I am only a day over 25. <laughs> and so it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. Health is wealth. As my boy Quan would say, health is wealth. And it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of the immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com SGP. That's athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Health is wealth, people. And we're also brought to you by IPVanish. Look. You guys know that I use IPVanish VPN, makes it easy to stay truly private, encrypts 100% of your data, private details, passwords, communications, browser history, and completely shields you from getting your information from the wrong hands. You can use it on your phone, tablet, anything, computer, laptop, even your fire stick to, to hide what you are streaming. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan and 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting my nine months of protection for free. Look, stop being naked out here. Just stop going out here traveling naked. Everybody see everything you're working with. Just look, a tap of the button and you're covered by IPVanish. Go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. Use your promo code SGP and you will claim your 70% off savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. All right, Scott, let's get to the games that's actually going on tonight. We have my Memphis Grizzlies traveling to Minnesota to play my Minnesota Timberwolves. This series is locked up at 1-1 after the Memphis Grizzlies 
completely train wrecked the Timberwolves in game two. Now they're laying to 236 on the total. It's actually dropped. That number dropped from 238 and a half to 236. Let's look at a quick injury report, make sure if anything has changed over the course of this series. Nothing much on either side. Let me make sure I'm looking at that right. Yeah, nothing on either side. So, basically, all the players are still here. If Kevin Garnett's not playing, I'll take the Grizzlies in five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I'm on. So, this is a virtual. I'm actually going to go ahead and lock this up now. Memphis is too. I think this line is too short. They were laying seven and a half at home. And so, now, what, Minnesota's home court is now – Five and a half points of value? No, absolutely not. I think this line is too short. I think Memphis comes in here. Ja has been talking his shit. I think people think that Ja has Twitter fingers at this point. I see a tweet that said Ja has more tweets than points. It wasn't funny. (laughs) (laughs) Were you a fan of the Jordan tweet or no? Yeah. I think I'm 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 fan of I think Jod has deserved to talk his shit. I think it's cool I think that he's trying to psych himself up. I, I mean, you're down yeah. one nothing, and you were favored to win the series. Like you might want to save the Jordan tweet for Game Seven or something. But you know, whatever helps. I mean, you they, out, were down, by they were up one. They were up one zero last year and lost the series. Yeah. And so when he it said felt a little that, early hey, to break out the Jordan tweet. That's all I'm saying. You okay. might want to save that I, I for a Game Five. But you I know. Get it. I think he's calling a shot. I think Jock can do very little wrong in my eyes, actually. <laughs> but I think he's calling a shot. And it's this Memphis team knowing that they are far superior than this Minnesota team. While the Minnesota is very, very good and they are going to make a lot of these games interesting, I think Minnesota, Memphis will probably still win some close games going on the rest of the series. But they're calling their shot, saying that they're way better than this team, and I think that they are. The defense is impeccable. They absolutely smothered the Minnesota Timberwolves, where every shot that was going in for the Minnesota Timberwolves looked like it was an act of God because <laughs> that defense was so good last game. And so now they're coming on the road into that hostile environment. We'll probably see some protest at some point. That is a concern because Minnesota is – 2-0 and with protests during these NBA playoffs and the NBA play-in. They are 2-0 and during games where they've had a protest of their owner for roasting animals alive, I think. Yeah, something with animal cruelty. Yeah, animal cruelty. <laughs> I had a joke. I'm not going to say it. All right. What are you what are you doing with this game? It's easy for me. I'm not questioning it. I'm locking up Memphis. I think they're the far better team. I thought they were the far better team going into this series. I think two is way too short of a number. I'm taking Memphis as well. Uh, the way that I look at it, Minnesota won game one because Memphis gave a guy who has no offensive skills 20-plus minutes. In game mm-hmm. two, I had Steven Adams under six and a half points with the hypothesis being – get him off the damn floor, he shouldn't be on the court. He played three (laughs) minutes, did not play the final 45 minutes, and Memphis won by 28. And the issue I run into with Minnesota, and the reason why I think they're screwed long-term, is because Minnesota gives a bunch of minutes to two guys who who really do not have any offensive talent. You can argue three if you're low on Nas Reed, but you have Beverly Mm -hmm. and you have Vanderbilt. 
who are giving you basically nothing on offense, and they're playing a bunch of minutes. The thing mm-hmm. about Memphis is their scoring depth. When Adams is off the floor, all five guys on the court are dangerous to score. Minnesota yep. doesn't have that. Minnesota has Towns. They have Edwards and whatever the hell D'Angelo Russell's doing. Usually Russell, <laughs> he's been awful in the first couple of games. But the point is – Which is, is crazy because he, he normally kills – he normally kills Memphis. I that think he'll pick it up as the series goes season. on. But Minnesota yeah. has three and a half guys. Because you have a little bit of Malik Beasley in there. Mm-hmm. And Memphis has about eight guys that can get you a bucket. I think that's the problem. I think Minnesota's too reliant on three or four guys to get you all of your points. And Memphis can really get contributions from a bunch of different sources. I think that's the story of the series. As long as Adams barely plays, I'm taking Memphis to win again, probably by seven. Yeah, for me, it's the points in the paint, man. Memphis is absolutely killing them in points in the paint. They're averaging 60 points in the paint over the course of this entire two games that they've had. And that's by far, like by far the most that any team is allowing in the paint to an opposing team for uh, the duration of the playoffs thus far. And so they're making it, if you're making it easy for them and you're letting them get down low, this is what Memphis has done all year. This is probably where they should have attacked defensively Memphis is to keep them from scoring in the paint. But if you're going to easily let them score in the paint, and it, it makes sense because – Carl Anthony Towns really not known for defensive prowess. They don't have anybody. Jaron Vanderbilt is not really scaring anybody down low. So that those easy points in the paint, those easy putbacks, anything like that is going to come very, very like clockwork. It's like can't mm-hmm. take Kenny for a baby for Memphis. They've been doing it all season. You got to force them into doing something that they're not used to doing. And so that's what I look for if Minnesota will try to stop the bleeding from Memphis. But if they don't, this is going to be ugly very quickly because they're going to get a lot of easy buckets, man. They're going to get my a lot main of easy buckets from, in this series. Yeah, my main takeaway from game one and two was, was Minnesota's offense. Because you went from scoring yeah. 130 to scoring 96. That's, that is jarring. Uh, and Memphis it goes defense, back to my man. point. You're going to play Beverly and Vanderbilt all these minutes – if you're going to load up on Towns and Edwards and a little bit of Russell defensively, and you see Beverly and Vanderbilt with the ball in their hands, you're going to shoo them away and tell them good luck. That's the problem. Minnesota has too many guys in the rotation that are a zero offensively, and that's going to come back and kill them in the series. Yep. No, I agree. They have to play good defensively if they're going to have those guys, like you said. Or they need they're not Edwards playing- and Towns to go nuts, but – they just Edwards, don't Towns, have and Russell. They can't just have the two. They got to have all three. That's they what I'm saying. But three. the point is they, they yeah. don't have enough depth scoring-wise to overcome Whereas, one bad shooting night from one of these guys. And Memphis, Memphis, and Memphis has everybody that's a bucket. Yeah. Everybody on mm-hmm. Memphis' team is a bucket besides Stephen Adams. So, Going yeah, into the series, I had Memphis in five. No, nothing has changed from my thought. I didn't waver from that at all. I thought that, hey, it would be a great story if we got a sweep. I was banking on five games. I bet the over one and a half games and locked it up with ease for this Memphis team. What are we doing here with this total at 236? Are we just going under again? I'm going I think under. Memphis defense shows up again. I'm if going anything, under. Yeah. 
if anything, does Minnesota's defense show up with them? But I think Memphis defense shows up again. Game two, my lock for the uh, actual podcast or the tweet or whatever you want to call it was the under. <laughs> I, I had 242 as my lock there yeah. because I thought it was too high. I thought Memphis mm-hmm. would buckle down defensively. Once Adams left the floor, they can switch everything. And Towns, mm-hmm. even though he had the really nice poster dunk in game one, and even though he had a good stat line in game one, he's incredibly soft. So if he's not going to take advantage of all these switches onto younger players because he's still standing at the three-point line, Minnesota's wasting a bunch of opportunities, and I think that they are single-handedly going to drag this under the total. Yep. I agree. Anything prop-wise real quick before we go? I, I can feel a Morant 30-piece here. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I know the assist prop looked really good for mm-hmm. game two because he had – I believe he had double-digit assists in the end. But I do yeah. think that the three-point shooting for Memphis might slow down a little bit because they were great in game two. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me for, if Morant goes for 30-plus. I don't mind the over on his points. You? I am feeling that this is the D'Angelo Russell get-right game. Okay. I think that this is it. I would probably do like a point slider on his points or something like that. I think this is the buy the buy low, sell high with him. Yeah. And I think this is the opportunity first game back at home against a team that he knows pretty well and he's gotten off on them before. I think this is the opportunity for him to go ahead and have a really good game. I am looking and, at Moran three pointers, by the way, because Memphis, Minnesota's yeah. been packing the paint the entire series. They are treating Morant like Westbrook. Like, they are leaving him wide open by 15 feet for three. He's going to have to take a couple because he's wide open. And he took a couple yeah. last game. He made a couple. You know, Morant's yeah. season-long numbers are going to be low for three-pointers. So he doesn't take many. But I do mm-hmm. think he should have the opportunity to attempt at least four tonight because he should be wide open on several occasions. I like it. I like it. All right. Let's go on to the next game. Oh, I hate that this game is up. I, I don't know. I just hate the NBA TV thing, man. I – put this on, on, on accessible TV. If you don't have league pass, and then even if you have league pass in certain areas, you can't even catch the game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I hate, I, I guess it's because NBA TV has got to get their money too, of course, but I hate this, whatever. We have Dallas on the road at Utah. This game, this series is locked up at one, one Utah is laying seven two ten and a half on the total. Based on the line, I'm guessing I mean, the books assume Luca's not going to play. That has to be it. That has to be it. There's no way that this is seven and Luca's playing in this game. So they're they're assuming, even though Luca is officially questionable for this game, they're assuming that he's not going to play. For that's basically what anybody all anybody cares about the injury report is Luca going to play? We don't have an answer. You probably won't have an answer until right before game time. So you're going to be making up the decision on what's going on with that. Basically, with just guessing until right before game time, unless you want to wait to put your bet in. For the Utah Jazz, Trent Forrest is out for this game with a foot injury. Not sure how much that means, but. So they get the extra, what's that, point and a half for being at home because they they consistently were laying five and a half on the road. I mean, I, I, we don't have to beat around the bush, right? We're, we're both taking Dallas. I mean, there's there's no chance I, either of us are laying seven with Utah. I mean, we could just get that out of the way, right? Yeah, I, I can't. 
I can't lay seven with Utah. Like, I know you want to go through because, a thorough breakdown here, but we both hate Utah. Like this isn't complicated. We're gonna pick Dallas. I actually am. Do they move this number? If do they move this number? If Luca, if Luca is out, do if he's announced out, do they move this number at all? Seven and a do half. They, do they push their luck? I'll move it a half point. Because I think it's priced in already, but for confirmation, they'll move it a half point. If I had to guess, I. I don't know why, what would make you put this number here, especially – I guess that's saying that, hey, we're not going to look too much stock in the game too because Jalen Brunson had 41 points. I mean, they let him have 41 points. <laughs> I just don't – I don't know, man. Rudy Gobert is literally doing nothing on the offensive side of basketball, and it's not that, it, that he can't because there's been multiple times in both games that Rudy Gobert has had Jalen Brunson switched on him and they still did not pass him the basketball. Yeah, people gave Mitchell a hard time about that a couple like a week ago when the tweet came out about he's averaging like two passes to Gobert per game. To be honest, if I was Mitchell, I wouldn't pass it to him either. Have you seen Gobert try to make post moves? I wouldn't pass it to him. But it is a mess. Jalen Brunson, man. Jalen Brunson, man. There's so much. There's. I wish that there's a thirty for thirty that just talks about the demise of this team from being first in the West to this, to them probably not even making the playoffs next year because of personnel yeah. changes that they made. I, I think Mitchell has to throw more lobs to Gobert when he's guarded by Brunson. But if Gobert has to dribble the ball at least one time, <laughs> give me the ball back. I, I, I want it. Give me the ball back. Is it, I, I, no, I can't handle Gobert dribbling the ball. I can't. I can't. I'm not laying more points than Donovan Mitchell passes – with Utah, I've said this already. I if you will. like Utah, just take Mitchell over in points because the only way they're going to cover this number. That's the only way. I would much rather do that, and I think that that even has a chance of hitting and they still lose the game. Yeah. I would much rather do that than lay points with Utah. Absolutely. If they're so, going to win, Mitchell's going to go for 35. If they're going to cover, I mean, Mitchell's going for 35. That's yeah, just how it's going to go. Very much so. All right. We're in agreement here. Uh, anything else that we want to add to this game? I, I'm hard pressed. They have to stop the three. They have to stop. I was going to say, do you win. think that Utah overcorrects for Kleber, or do you just like Kleber three pointers again? It doesn't even have to be Kleber. I'm not. I'm not opposed to taking a stab on anybody's three pointers, to be honest, because it yeah, just Finney seems Smith like they're not going to do guys. anything. Yeah. Finney Smith. Yeah, just you know, all those guys are pretty much at sitting at one and a half. Maybe a couple of them at two and a half. You can get a three, three threes going for anybody and get some pretty mm-hmm. solid plus money on it. So, yeah, I like it. They're just not – they're not answering. And it's really does Jalen Brunson or does Spencer Dinwiddie get the ball there or get the ball in a position for where they they're going to cash that three. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's the story of the series. But I, I, I made a rant briefly on the prop cast yesterday. I'll say it briefly again. Gobert offensively has been awful. I agree with that. Yeah. He needs to be better. Defensively, Twitter and NBA media outlets are roasting him. What the hell is he supposed to do? Like, I, I don't know how any of this is Gobert's fault. Did you see the play with – did you see the play with um, – Bogdanovich? Bogdanovich. That was yes. game one. What are you, what are like you going to help for? You have a fucking defensive player of the year. What are you going to help for? I, if I was Rudy Gobert, I would have punched him in the face. But that I happened the entire game, the too. Like, the thing is, yes. Matt, I understand that Kleber's technically Gobert's guy. 
I understand yes. it. But when you're letting Brunson and Dimwitty get into the paint in three seconds because you can't stop anybody on the perimeter, what do you want Gobert to do? Either give up a free layup or a free three-pointer. Like, stop blaming it's- Gobert for the fact that Utah's perimeter defense with Conley – with Bogdanovich, who's been easily the worst defender, Bogdanovich. And Mitchell's yes. been awful defensively. They're, Royce they're O'Neal's trash. been okay. One player, one player does not – They make, he makes them a better defense. He does not exclude all the miscues that they all have. And for somebody that really doesn't like Rudy Gobert, I deemed him as the starter of COVID in all of the world last year. So yeah. <laughs> for somebody who really doesn't like Rudy Gobert – it, it just, I can't just, blame him defensively. I can't do it. That's the one thing that he does right in the whole game. It's the one thing he does right. If I was Rudy Gobert, I'd fight everybody. Just fight I, everybody. I would. I, I mean, Brunson, you're, you got to look at Conley, right? At some point, you got to consider punching Conley because he gave up 40 points to Jalen Brunson. Are you out of your mind? I know Brunson's a good Brunson's player. My guy. Yeah, 40? my guy, but 40, 40, 40? is insane. Come on, man. Insane. And like you said, they it's either move out of the paint or just give up threes everywhere. It's like, it's like what do you want? Go, Gobert's a rim protector. Would you rather him guard Kleber and give up a free 20 layups to Brunson and Dimwitty? Of course not. Like, I, go, there's nothing Gobert can do because the rest of his team is so bad at defense that he can't save them anymore. He can't do it. He's trying his best. This is Utah's only chance to win a game for the rest of the series in my eyes. If Luka comes back and he's 70%, I don't think that they're going to win a game with Luka in the lineup. This is, this is their only chance for them to win another game in this series. Whatever happens here, if Luka doesn't come back and they win this game, I think Luka comes back and they lose. If Luka comes back tonight, I think they lose. And they, this is a gentleman's sweep. This is their only chance to win a game in this series tonight. I would take the over in threes for basically everybody on Dallas, like you said, because it's the only way they can compete. They need yep. to trade threes for twos. It's the only thing they can do. Yep, 100%. All right, moving on. We have the Golden State Warriors going to the Mile High City to play the Denver Nuggets, where the Warriors are up 2 0 on the series, laying two as well on the Spread 223 on the total. This total has dropped one and a half from 224 and a half. Is there any way that you're you're sitting here and saying that Denver has a chance to win this game? I bet Golden State last night at minus one and a half. Okay. That was the first play that I made. At no point did I hesitate. I went through the stats. (laughs) I went through everything. There is nothing I like about Denver in the series, which is why, if you remember the last time we were on this podcast, going through the series breakdowns, whatever, my lock was Golden State minus one and a half games because I thought they might sweep. At no point did I think Denver would make a series out of this, and Golden State turned out to be better than I thought they were going to. Somehow I picked the sweep, and I still didn't give Golden State enough credit because this death lineup is amazing. And you can argue that Denver is definitely the best team to deploy it against because the Nuggets have absolutely no counters and their team isn't very good. Golden State is better at everything. The only thing that can save Denver is a Jokic 35-piece, and even a 35-piece might not even win them a game because Draymond's been amazing. 
defensively against Jokic. The second best player on the team in this series right now is arguably Will Barton. So you know you're getting swept. Like, you know you're not winning the game when that's going to be the case. <laughs> Gordon's been awful. I mean, Monty Morris has done nothing either. You can argue altitude and how it's important. Denver was like 15 and 26 ATS. They were terrible. They're they terrible at home. They were terrible, especially as a favorite. So that doesn't mean anything terrible. to me. But the way that I look at it, it's the same thing as last year. Denver lost the first two games against Phoenix. People thought maybe they can get back on track at home. They got smacked. And the reason why, it's because Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and the Suns were light years ahead in terms of talent. And now the Nuggets have no Porter. They have no Murray. And they're against Curry, Poole, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond. They're screwed. I don't know what they can do. What can they do besides pray Golden State shoots 10% from the three-point line? They, they have no answers both offensively and defensively. I think it's a sweep. Give me Golden State. You? I want to go. What can Denver I, do I besides go. pray Gordon goes for 30? Like, what, what can you do? It feels like we're so chalky on this slate, but it, it, it's so hard-pressed. I'm so hard-pressed to figure out a reason of why I'm taking – Denver, and the only thing that it would be is that Alfred makes a miraculous return in game three, and not only miraculous, but also goes out there and actually has a really good game. And and not just that, but also they regulate Jordan Poole back to the bench and Seth Curry starts again. I'm assuming Golden back to the starting lineup. rotations, right? I know Curry is the star, and it feels crazy to bring him off the bench. I would keep, I would keep this rotation for this series. But I'm for saying sure, I would keep it for this series. He's not mellow. He's not AI, where he's going, I don't know about any all-star coming off the bench. Like, no, Curry doesn't give a damn. He just wants to win games. So I think if there's one superstar that actually would be okay with this, I think it would be Curry, because he's been pretty selfless his entire career. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think he's still a competitor, and – I think he's okay with it for this series because he knows he's, he's – This is these are basically rehab games for him, yeah, which I'm is insane because he just series. had a 30-point game. Yeah, I'm only talking about game he just had a thirty. He just had a 34-point game. Yeah, and I'm saying – we're calling this rehab – they're bringing him off the bench in rehab games against the Denver Nuggets in a playoff series. This is how disrespectful that they are treating this team, that they have their best player, one of the top five – top three best players in the entire NBA coming off the bench in rehab games because they're not afraid of you actually doing anything to stop them from winning. I just, I would sit here and love this. I, I feel like we're just going to have to go chalk this entire slate. And you we'll also forgot still- to mention that Golden State has a double agent because DeMarcus Cousins is trying to fight everybody on Denver's team. <laughs> Do you think Golden State promised him a ring if he sabotages the team from the inside? Because it seems like Cousins is just actively trying to fight everybody on that team. Yeah. It, Barton has 20-something points and Cousins told trying him, to punch probably, him. Like, what, are you, what are you doing? What is happening? They probably told him that if you get released, we'll sign you. <laughs> if you get released, we'll sign you to, you know, the vet minimum. Now, we can talk about Golden State's chances against Memphis in the second round if that happens. And we can go through the death lineup and how well it's going to fare. Against Denver? What answers do they have? Denver, in my opinion, is the worst playoff team in the Western Conference. Minnesota's better than them. I think New Orleans is better than them right now. 
I think Denver is the worst team left in the Western Conference, and Golden State might be the best. Maybe. This looks like a one versus eight. It's because Jokic is MVP while they're even in the playoffs. Correct. That's why I think he should be MVP. But that's just because of how bad the supporting cast is. But when you're looking at the checking boxes in a 1v8 matchup, this looks like a 1v8 matchup. Golden State looks like the one, and Denver looks like the team that's just happy to be there. This hasn't been close. All right. Fuck it. We're going to talk all three games. Give me if you want to go State for a dog, State. take Golden State like minus 11 and a half or something. Just expect a route if you want to go for a dog. <laughs> oh, am am I wrong? Do you think Denver keeps this game no, close? That's funny. I don't know if they can. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the game. I think that there's a possibility, and this was what I was trying to make my handicap for why I would take Denver, but I just can't bring myself to do it. And so I just go chalk all three games. But the handicap for me on why I would take Denver is that, for one, nobody wants to get swept in the playoffs, two playoff series back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And that may be some type of motivation factor for the supporting cast to actually show up in this game. And then Steph Curry comes in and hits a buzzer beater, and they lose by one. They get the cover, but Golden State gets the win. <laughs> I think the most annoying. That was part. what I was gonna say, but I felt like that was I felt like that was way like there's way too many scenarios for that to happen. When if I really think that Denver had a chance of winning, I'll just take a I'll just take a Jokic prop. Yeah, because he's gonna have to go off for them to win. I mean, the way that I see it is that it kind of annoyed me because odds makers have adjusted to it. My dog yesterday would have been Raptors' first quarter or Raptors' first half. But, of course, now they're favored to win both of those and they're underdogs for the entire game. My only argument for Denver would be Denver first quarter, if you like a dog. But, of course, they're favored now. So, I I have no dog in this this game. I got nothing. Yeah, no. Golden State has been very suspect on the road in the first quarter. I'm saying it doesn't count as a dog, though, because Denver's favored. Yeah. But that's the angle I would go with if you like Denver. Expect them to get off to a hot start and then Golden State will blitz them and score 70 points in 19 minutes at some point in the second half. What is – I'm curious. What is Jokic's first quarter points line? Because those aren't typically at plus money. I've seen I'm not sure which book you recently. can find that at because I've heard people tweeting those. I don't know what book they have for that. Yeah. I've, I've seen it in some um, – some books around here. I've, I've seen them in some books around here. So if you if you shop around, you can find them. Oh, yeah, just point because number is twenty nine and a half. Twenty nine and a half. So if I'm if I'm getting nine and a half at plus money, I'll take that because I think he one hundred percent has ten in the first quarter. Because I think that they're going to absolutely try to do everything and any they're going to basically try to win the game in the first quarter <laughs> i think they're going to try to win the game in the first quarter they have they have yeah, to try so. to win the game or give themselves a massive head start it's like the reds baseball games with the freeze that one track guy who tries to catch people from behind it's like the nuggets in yeah. the series they need to open up a double digit lead before the death lineup checks in and then just go from there take your 10 I, and a half uh, point head start and try to win yeah. and i don't think they're going to so I think that this is basically what happened with the – it's not at plus money, by the way, but it is 9.5. It's not at plus money. I see it at minus 111. I think this is going to be the exact same thing as the Toronto Raptors 76ers game last night. I think it's the same outcome. Yeah. 
I think they're even giving Denver too much credit. I just think Golden State comes out and (laughs) potentially blitzes them by 15 in the second half. No, I think they're going to be in it. I think they'll be. I think they'll be in it to start. I don't know how. I mean, they're always in it. The game starts at 0-0. I I just think eventually the final score is not going to be close. (laughs) I think that this is going to be the competitive game from start to finish. Whether they somehow eke out a win or not, or Golden State just gets someone, I think this will be a competitive game from start to finish. I think if Denver But you know what's also competitive from start to finish? Oh, say it. Wait, go ahead before I go into my freaking great – if Denver wants a shot at this game, it might be the Austin Rivers game. <laughs> it might be the Austin Rivers game. Hey, this is desperate times. Anything, this is really anything. Times. Austin Rivers, Bones Highland, anything would anything would help. Oh man, that threw off. I, had I know. Such yeah, a great yeah, yeah. Segue. There I had such a great trip. Yes, yeah, I did. I it threw it off. I was gonna say, you know, what's also competitive from start to finish? Horse racing. And, you know, now there's a new way to play the ponies because you have Stable Duel, which is a daily style fantasy app where you can go and play free and pay games for real cash prizes. You can pick your horses, build your stable and play against others to move up the leaderboard and win as much as $40,000 with one entry. So get in the app, play against me, Really Rails Villains, and see how you do. I think I'm pretty all right. I just I don't know nothing about horses. And so I just go through the app, look at the stats and data that they give me, and I built my best strategy for how I'm going to win the DFS lineup. And so get over there today, create your account, start building your stables, play against us or your friends, download the app now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, and win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. And guess what? PropSwap is the best place where bettors can find the best odds on the hardwood and turn it into hard cash. PropSwap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite teams and then sell the bet whenever you want. Many PropSwap covers are making thousands of dollars just by buying and selling championship futures all playoffs long. I had that JB Bickerstaff ticket to win Coach of the year. I should have sold it on prop swap. I didn't. I called my shot, and the I was telling Cavs you to sell it, it the man. whole second half of the season. I, I know you were. You. I know you were. I I just wanted. I wanted this win. I wanted this win. I didn't get it. I should have sold it and locked in a profit, or even better, I should have bought two tickets. If I had bought two tickets, I could have sold one and then let the other ride, and I'd still been in profit. So. PropSwap allows you to win over and over without your team ever lifting the trophy or your coach ever claiming the award. <laughs> and so go to PropSwap.com and download the free PropSwap app today. They have fantastic features like filtering list of tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know of all the big sales and all the red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, it's lock and dog time. I am so – well, I mean, it, this seems like it's going to be really self-explanatory for the both of us. But let's go ahead and indulge the people. Scott, what is your lock and your dog? So I'm questioning if I should pull another loophole because I need a dog, and it's really tough to find one. I'm going to go with Golden State minus one and a half as my lock here. I found one and a half. I know that there are some twos, but one and a half is still available in some spots. I think mm-hmm. Golden State's going to win pretty handily. 
I think Denver can come out and punch them in the mouth early. We've seen that happen before. It happened in game two. And then Golden State decides they set up in the chair, you know, the meme, they're ready to go, and they immediately blitz them and they outscore them by 20 in the next 10 minutes. I, I just don't think Denver has many answers. And we talk about how teams need counters to what the other team is doing to try to find a way to combat it, like a chess match. Mm-hmm. Denver's missing its queen. It's missing its rook. Might be down a, p- a couple pawns as well. Denver <laughs> might want to resign. This match is over. I'm taking Golden State to win by at least five, but one and a half is too low. Give me Golden State. All right. And what's your dog? I'm going to cheat. I'm going to take Golden State to sweep at two to one against Denver. Is that allowed? Can I do that? It's two to one for them to get a sweep? Yeah. Dang. So we're not even going to get the answer to this tonight. We have to I wait. Know. All right. I said, fine, can whatever. I cheat or no? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Fine. We'll just we'll we'll put a pause on this on this tweet. I don't, I don't know what we'll you want me to tell to you, it. man. Like I, I don't know what you want me to tell you, but when we like the favorites in every single game and the dogs are favored in the first quarter and the first well, half, it's impossible to find a dog. Technically, the the Mavs are a dog. We just think, but they're oh, also getting I, I all mean, of yeah. the money. Yeah, okay. They're, they're, they're getting all the money, so. Yeah, you know what? Screw it. Give me Dallas plus seven. And the sprinkle on the money one. I forgot about Dallas. Good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take yeah. Dallas. But I also yeah, like Golden State. So I said it was chalk because everybody is betting Memphis, Dallas, and Golden State, which just means that this is, has the making for a two and one, one and two night. But maybe this is the night that, you know, the public and going chalk. I mean, th- there's only two situations. Either A, you let me take the Warriors sweet bet, or we're going to yeah, double no, dog yeah. this thing and we're going to get our asses yeah, kicked. There's no, the other, there's no other outcome. That's all we got. No, you go ahead. Take the, you could take the uh, Warriors sweet bet. I'm going to cool double up on we'll the just come back to the tweet. Hell, it's a triple right. up because I had the Warriors minus one and a half games last week. Yeah, give me the Warriors to sweep it two to one. I, I just think that I, I think it's over and done with. This is the Phoenix series all over again. All right. For me, it's pretty easy. Give me the Memphis Grizzlies minus two as my lock. I this line is way too short. If they can win by three or four, five, I do think that this is actually a little bit more of a competitive game, which is why I'm just not betting Memphis to win by eleven. I think that this is a more competitive game. However, Memphis has way too many options for Minnesota. Minnesota's gonna need a superhuman effort by D'Angelo Russell, Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns, and Ant-Man to even stay in the game, and they still might lose if they even get all of that. So I'll take Memphis. Minus two and a half. I mean, minus, yeah, two. Yeah, minus two. For my dog, I really want something <laughs> plus money so that – oh, my bad. I really want something plus money rather than just going ahead and taking – because while I do think that the seven is a lock for sure, but I can see some bullshit on why I don't cash the I, – I think that this is the only chance that Utah has to win this game. And so they probably do actually go out there and win it. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Let's – yeah, I'm going to uh, – I hate – I always just take a dog. Like literally just take a dog for my dog. I never do the parlay thing to try to make a dog. But I'll do that today. You go Memphis Golden State? Yeah, I'm going to – 
should I do Memphis Golden State? That's an option if you want it. It's not a bad payout. Yeah, it is. It is. It's not a bad payout at all. I Take an alternative um, spread with the Grizzlies. Take it like minus five and a half or something. Yeah. No, I was thinking of a performance double parlay type thing. Getting build your getting win bet, build a bet, and just make it super easy. And that's what's gonna okay, yeah. So we'll do that. You're doubling up on this can so this is either gonna be really good or really bad. Cause you're doubling up on Memphis. I'll I mean not Memphis, you're doubling up on the Warriors. I'll double up on Memphis because I'm cheating, but while we, I, we like the favorites. What do you what do you want? We like yeah. the common stuff. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And I truly think that of all three games, if the public loses one, it's probably the one where everybody is on the dog. Public dogs have fleas. And so let's go with – I'm in – this is how you know that I don't prep for the show beforehand. I'm so bad. I just don't prep for the show beforehand. All right, so I'm in win bet. Let's do John Morant, 25. And let's do Memphis to win the game as soon as the app wants to load. Here we go. Okay. Yep, there we go. John Morant, 25. Memphis on the money line. That get, puts me at plus 125. There we go. That's a dog. <laughs> we'll, we'll do uh, That's a baby dog. Right. Okay. All right. It counts. I, I cheated, yeah, I know. So off the hook. No, I, I, but it, I just won't feel okay with it. Fuck it. Let's go for Joff 30. That puts me at plus 210. There we go. I like that. All right, let's go. John Morant, 30 points. Memphis to win the game. You can play the 25 if you want the baby dog. I'm not doing a baby dog here. I'll take the two to one. Jaw, 30 points. Oh, wait, but we talked about his threes. Where's his threes at? Where we go? Come on. Let's see. Let me see if I can find it. It might be at a hat. I got two. Okay, I can do two jaw threes, and that'll put me at three to one. Should I do that? That's fun. Ooh, that's fun. Because now I'm not just getting the 30 points. I got to hope for the threes, too. Three to one. They're going to sag off yeah. the entire time, so you should be tempted. Oh, <laughs> uh, I have no idea how Jake is going to get this in the graphic. But, okay, here's my dog. I have Memphis Moneyline. John Morant, 30-plus points. And John Morant to make two threes for three to one. Build your own bet and win bet. Make sure you go to win bet. All right, you know he's gonna go. leave your section blank, going. right? He's just gonna make it easier that way. He's just gonna leave. Yeah, he probably blank. should. He probably should just and or just add it as a separate picture and be like, "This picture is Terrell's dog because yeah. he did it. He didn't want to take Dallas money line." All right, there it goes. Scott, you have anything left for the people on the show today? For the most part, no. I'm expecting a couple of lopsided games today. To be honest, I think that the only game that should be close, I think, should be the Utah game. But it's been a fun playoff it's up to this point. Unfortunately, injury is still playing a factor, but that's the nature of the beast. So you got to just get used to it and adjust. Uh, yeah, besides that, still got the Suns to win the West. I still have the Warriors to win the title. And... Uh, hoping Booker comes back soon because Phoenix might be a bit in danger, but we'll see what happens. Got to just go from there. Yep. 
All right. I think Phoenix is look <laughs> if they play like they did that last game, Phoenix should definitely be scared. Scott Foster, All right, if he got... referees like another game, they might have problems. But if he doesn't, they should be fun. Yeah, no, for real. At really real underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter, you know where to find me. SG.pn slash Slack. Hop in the Slack channel, talk with us, converse with us, you know, drop your tickets, drop your plays, drop your questions. We're all in there. At SGPN MBA. SGPNBA. Whew, I don't know why that tripped me up on Twitter. Follow us there and leave a review. Leave a review. Leave a bunch of reviews. I like reading your reviews. I appreciate reading your reviews. Matter of fact, stop what you're doing right now. Well, if you're driving, don't stop what you're doing right now. But if you're doing almost anything else that will not put you in immediate harm or danger, stop what you're doing and leave us a review right now. Right now, please. Very much so. Do it right now. I appreciate it. We just see like a whole bunch of reviews coming in because everybody did it. Thanks so much. All right. It's the playoffs. I don't know why you think that there's any anything different that's going to come from me. I have no idea how I'm going to end this show, so I'm just going to end the show like this. We are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to